All right. Thanks for joining me, Alex. Um, I want to frame this by saying I have been doing some AI research over the past few weeks that I find very interesting. And um, I have until recently not taken very seriously the concerns of the AI doomsdayers that I have, uh, I have, because I'm not like super attached to this space, I've just been, you know, consuming content over the past few years. I think it's very interesting. When I have encountered concerns from the, let's call them the rationalists, talking about how AI is going to take over the world and the paperclip maximizer examples, I go, this isn't very good. And in my opinion, it's so not good that I'm not, I, it, it makes me downgrade the likelihood that I'm going to be you know, go out of my way to consume more information about AI risk stuff. So, but now that we've seen chat TPT4 and what people are doing with it, I am seeing real danger scenarios or some, you know, there's some shocking stuff that is being built right now. And I'm trying to make mm -hmm. sense of it. And it might be, I, I, I might be the incorrect one here, but it might be that uh, the rationalists have done us a great disservice by framing things the way that they have, when really there's other discussions that need that we need to have and other scenarios that we need to think so think through that aren't quite so paranoid. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. So I'm um, I'm an AI risk centrist, which means I'm uh, fifty percent freaking out and fifty percent uh, you know more excited than you can imagine. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I find myself in this interesting position where I'm almost trying to tell people to stop making yes. quick conclusions because we almost certainly don't understand what we're looking at. Right. And uh, the uh, worst idea or any, maybe there's worse ones, <laughs> a pretty bad one anyway, in that whole list is to rush to conclusions. And it seems that especially the rationalist crowd after I think doing a pretty good job bringing AI risk as an idea to the fore. Um, have gotten almost any everything about what this is today wrong. Yeah. Um, and you need to know their history to understand what I mean. But their prior work sort of implied a more mechanistic um, AI that was the result of some sort of deep insights into intelligence. Um, and they were poo-pooing the idea of like, I don't know, just add a bunch of silicon and do the hard but you know straightforward work of scaling it uh stir and intelligence pops out right that was kind of thought mm -hmm. as like a standard idiocy um <laughs> in fact a uh, little known fact i was in, in the room when um eliezer yukowski told demis asabis that DeepMind uh was not going to solve go in the you know the next x years um in with with, with a strong conviction in an almost insulting tone. Um, mm -hmm. And suffice to say that happened. <laughs> right. Um, okay. This wasn't like, it wasn't a meeting, a meeting of our, the three of us. It was like a kind of a, a, a winter AI conference and not, not AI winter conference. It was very different um, in, <laughs> in, in um, Oxford and I don't know, 10 years ago or something, something like that. Okay. 10 so, years ago. Um, so, so, they they had a different model for AI, and I feel like they have not really abandoned the arguments they created with that view, vision, and are 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 you know 
this is a to me this is a time to return to the beginner's mind um yes. because okay. yeah we must accept that we are surprised right now and this is a new thing and just trying to box it into our previous boxes is 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 making things worse well this is why i wanted to talk to you because i did not really plan on getting sucked into ai stuff um, <laughs> i got very excited about bitcoin back in the day and then i saw that get broken and it made me you know, my, my, a significant part of my philosophy of how the world works and how humans work is informed by the failures of Bitcoin. And so I'm looking at AI and I'm looking at the concerns of, you know, the, the concerns that are coming, that are being filtered through the rationalist lens. And I'm like, I'm not interested, but I have also been, I think everybody has been surprised and uh, with this tech as it's come out. And now I'm trying, now I, I'm, I can't help myself. This is what I, this is where my mind is going um, for the past, I don't know, week, this is pretty much all I can think about in my spare time. Um, and you mentioned the beginner's mind. So this is something where I'm really realizing, okay, I really do need to be thinking through these concepts because I have my approach to learning over the past many years has been to try to be the white belt as long as I can to try to be the guy who is willing to embarrass myself by saying silly things by, uh, uh, getting my butt handed to me in the dojo by making elementary blunders, because it turns out methodologically, when you do that, in the midst of you making a bunch of elementary errors, you can discover some really valuable concepts and principles and techniques that, in, that right. make your learning curve go way up, you know, way faster than trying to preserve credibility. So I have no credibility to lose here. And I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be valuable, not only for me, but for anybody else who's really trying to think through this con these concepts. All right, so here, here's how I want to approach it, Alex. Here, okay. I think the AI uh, doomsday scenarios have previously been, uh, let's say, ignorant to some of the uh, philosophical uh, objections that one could discover by researching the philosophy of mind. So if the, if the concern is AI is going to get out of the box, take over the world, turn everything into gray goo, saying there are a lot of philosophical assumptions here which are not established at all. However, it might be there is a way to bypass these types of philosophical assumptions. And it's not by talking about com uh, what computers can do it's by saying, what if humans find a way to merge with this machine? Because if the humans find a way to meaningfully, deeply merge with the machine, the all of the philosophical problems and the, the philosophical limitations on what the AI can do seem to go away. So mm -hmm. humans are going to be able to do what the AI can't, and the AI is going to be able to do the things that the humans can't. So when I'm viewing yep. it that way, I'm thinking, okay, well, the problem here is potential cyborgs, like, and, and there's a there's there is maybe some evidence that suggests this technology might bring about something like a super organism. I don't even like the term super intelligence. I don't like how all of that's framed personally right now, but it looks like to me what we're doing. I think we're fiddling with biological systems here. I think we're mm -hmm. actually fiddling with biological information systems. 
in a way that could bring about something like a superorganism or a man-machine hybrid that then could, for could be cultural reasons or imperialistic reasons, the merging of the man and the machine in this new system could be a threat to unaugmented un humans. But the the what I have been trying to say prior to very recently is that when you when you are when you're when you think the threat doesn't include humans, you're missing the real threat, which is like humans. Even with any technology, it's like, what's the problem here? What's the potential threat here? Well, it's humans. It's like with nukes, the problem is with humans. When you think about like super advanced, you know, technological capabilities to do things, the problems is with humans. And the attempt to get the humans out of the picture, I don't find compelling. But if you just say, well, but imagine humans that are building a new information biological system, then I go, okay, there's some substance here. Mm -hmm. Can I so, keep rambling or, or do you want to jump in? Uh, um, no, no, keep going. Okay. Well, I want to, I want to add one more piece of the puzzle here and then I'd like, love to get, hear your take. So why does this look like something that might be better understood in the context of biology? Okay. You can, this, this is a fascinating subject. I don't know that much about, but I'm like, my mind is blown whenever I learn about it, which is questions about how biological systems process, store, and manipulate information. You know, we talk like, we say things like, oh, you know, um, the immune system was exposed to a virus and then it learned how to deal with a virus. And then 40 years yep. later, you're going to keep your immunity. Cool concept. I think that's right. But then you go, Hang on a second. What do you mean it learned? What is that even like mechanically speaking? Where there, you're, what it sounds like you're saying is there is a particular set of information. This information is learned somewhere. It's stored somewhere, and it's able to be brought back in in some way when circumstances call for it. That's incredible. Okay. Now, if you think about that process of biological information storage and manipulation, then I can tell a story that seems really weird when we're talking about AI. So. <clears throat> Each individual human organism has to um, is is going to be building uh, models about what the world is based on its experiences. We get it, we gather a bunch of experiences, and our mind by itself extracts patterns from those experiences to get to develop something like concepts that help us navigate the world. Now, um, humans. Every 80 years or so, we die. And so the information that's built up um, sort of is, is thrown away. Let's say it's, a, it's captured at least somewhat in part in the brain. And then that organism dies, and then you get a new organism that sort of starts up from, the, from scratch. We, but it's not we, actually... Say, say what? We integrate knowledge in a way, right? Like every new generation picks up what it can from the previous one, but challenges yes. bits and pieces that don't fit with the current context that maybe the previous generation learned in a prior context. Yes. Yeah, so, so you can think like, what is the way for the human organism, uh, and, uh, not an individual, but the, the organism right. together, like uh, what, it, what is a way for in a biological system to gain information, integrate it, and then somehow cheat death and get the next organism that follows you to start with some built-in information. Well, I think this mm -hmm. is what culture does. So we yeah. tell stories that encode 
ton of information that we can linguistically just tell the stories to the kids. We don't even know exactly specifically what patterns we're communicating, but we're, but we're encoding an insane amount of information about what reality is and how it works and what things are good and what things are bad, what things will kill you, what things will help you in stories. And so that's kind of cool. Like we tell the story, we, we learn about the world, we come up with stories in our head, we tell the stories to our children, and then our children sort of start, well, you know, they start with a, a leg up, like we've made some some kind of objective. Yeah, yeah if you've done it right, right? If, you, if right. you're in a cultural dead end, right? They, the, the, yeah. the evolution might continue until yeah. like jumps off a cliff, but uh, to mix to mix a metaphor or six. Um, but um, the, the, the point is that, you know, on on the good path that has a future, yeah. Every next step is um, somehow a, a better recompression, right, of of what right. the prior generation had. You know, right. at some point somebody invents zero, right, and then that makes a lot of other things much easier to communicate. Um, and I mean, part of what I'm expecting will happen with the AI is that a lot of zeros are about to be invented. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Like I, this is one of many things that are going to happen. But you know, just to think how Magnus Carlsen plays chess and how Gary Kasparov played chess, um, you know, it's just one generation has learned with Stockfish and one right. generation has learned with Soviet right. taskmasters, right? And right. it's not that the Soviet taskmasters were bad; it's just that the Stockfish is near optimal. <laughs> right. Well, maybe not Stockfish, but some of this uh, new AI stuff could sure. be uh, closer. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is a way of thinking about culture in the context of biology or in the culture of biological information systems. It's a way of trying to make sense of culture. Okay. So now when I'm with that framework, <clears throat> it seems to me that what we're doing is we have found a different way to store information on hard drives in ones and zeros discussions of qubits and quantum computers aside, where we have, it is possible clearly to take aspects of our individual experience and digitize them and then reconstruct them in some meaningful way later. So when we think about when we're watching a movie, what is that? Well, um, it's not too dissimilar from the uh, conscious visual experience that I'm having right now. Like I could in VR, I could replicate this experience more or less Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it's gonna, it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be pretty damn good. So, so that is a way of digitizing patterns in our experience and then, you know, reconstructing them later. Okay. So it seems to me what we're doing is we've come up with something like an unbelievably large hard drive, which right now is the internet that stores an insane amount of information that has been digitized. And then we have a mechanical system. We have mechanical algorithms then for uh, extracting real patterns out of that hard drive. So we've got, we've, we keep accumulating more and more and more and more data, but the, but the data is so vast, an individual human can't go in and like consume everything that's out there. It's just ridiculous to imagine. So we we figured out clever algorithms that I don't think are one-to-one -one with what humans are doing. And I think people are, I think there's a lot of landmines here in adding stuff yeah. to what the machine is doing. But it we have already seen with ChatGPT relatively simple algorithms or, or uniform algorithms have the ability 
to access this digitized information, structure it and spit it out in a way that's useful, that can actually yeah. really solve problems that is hard, to, problems that would be hard to predict that they could be solved based on the nature of the algorithm. Yeah, I think this is the key, such an important point that we have to keep repeating to ourselves until we understand it and we still won't, but it's worth trying. Like this is completely surprising. Right. I don't know if somebody was predicting it, but most people weren't even most people paying attention were right. This is completely shocking to, you know, the vast majority of people, even, you know, who are paying some some amount of attention, uh, how rapid the last five years uh, since the invention of the, the transformer architecture, basically, um, has taken us towards um, whatever this is kind of intelligence um, with fairly straightforward scaling right the, the, the and 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 that's part of the fear by the way as well is that if you get a feeling for the difference between um uh gpt3 and gpt4 right i think it's worth experimenting with both just to feel the delta um and and the question is like what's the next data point right is it going to be five or six are they going to be equal equal level um you know jumps or is it going to reach some kind of a plateau um or whatever right so we don't we don't know any of that but okay. the, yeah. the the whole point is like not to try to fit previous models too much because it's easy to convince ourselves we were expecting this and we kind of i mean you know i'm, I'm open to people like documenting their exceptions but until that point, I will say like we kind of really weren't like. <laughs> okay, and and I want to and I want to try to put my finger on exactly what was unexpected. So, I think most people can understand that there is a extraordinary amount of information out there in in ones and zeros on the internet. If you think of it like a hard drive, what is unexpected is that we have come up with a mechanical algorithm that has the ability to sort through those ones and zeros and manipulate them in a way that see that are uh, that demonstrate a flexibility of in the capacity of what the algorithm can do that is unexpected like if i came up with a simple like to illustrate the concept in an absurd scenario right so I've got a pen in my hand and like I have an algorithm, which is like every so often I press once, every so often I press twice or whatever, I'm like putting data out there. Now imagine I had this algorithm and it turned out what you did was you just unlocked a bank account in Switzerland because you just happened to, you added the, you put the code out there into the internet and by some long train of events, yada, 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 and unlocked a bank account. You'd go, I saw what, what? I was just clicking the thing. How did that happen? That's the, the concept that we're, I think we're, talking about here, which is that we've come up with this transformer algorithm where it's doing things, it's solving problems that we would not have predicted it had the ability to solve. Is that fair? Yeah, no, I mean, we, we definitely didn't. Um, and, and, and really, I mean, the way I understand it, if this will help for a conversation, is that it's a it's a lot, you know, I mean, it's a large, I was going to say it's a large language model, but that's literally the name of the thing. Um, but it's it really, that name is actually important to try to understand, right? It's it's the, the way I'm thinking about it is like, 
And I don't really focus on like whether it's a hard drive or whether it's the Library of Alexandria. The point is like there's a lot of words, right? Um, but and a lot of symbols sort of in sequences. Um, yeah. But think of it as like lifting a book, right, into digital space and then reformulate it as a graph of yeah. like, you know, meaning paths that have been followed through these words and then doing that for every piece of content you can find and superimposing all of it, right, such that then you can, the, you have this kind of ball of words, right, that are all interconnected to all the other words. And or again, when I say words, I mean symbols, right? It could be the dollar symbol, it could be the programming symbols, just symbols that humans have manipulated historically. Um, and depending on the angle you come in from, right, that's the prompt. Um, it goes out the other side with like something that looks like something a human might have responded with, right? Right, because well, that's kind it, of what it's trying to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That, that it looks that way because that is what the algorithm is well, getting. It's not, it it's to not really do. trying to do. It's 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 it is approximating a human response, right? Like, but it's important to understand this. Like these these this is founded on human responses, right? Like, and, and another right. major flaw in our prior expectation is that this thing would be inhuman and in certain ways this is too human like what we're getting out of it, it doesn't have the ability to innovate in the in a standard way you have to coax right. it and well, maybe that, that's what and i was trying really to really dependent on what we've already done like you know in a, in a deep way yes and sort of um so this is what i was trying to stumble through when we did that twitter spaces talk is one of the ways i see the misframing of this thing as essentially the sentient AI that takes over the world. The rationalists will say, no, 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 we're not interjecting mind, but it sure sounds like when I'm listening to it, they're interjecting mind. But it doesn't matter because I think that's the wrong way of framing it. It's There is still a extremely tight connection between the production of humans and the operation of this machine. Here's an analogy, okay, or an example. Imagine that so what we're going to be able to do and people are already trying to do, I just watched a video of this last night. So they're going to try to input a bunch of scientific papers into this machine, have the mm -hmm. machine break the papers apart into word strings, discover abstract patterns in those words, be able to manipulate those symbols such that you can get the machine to summarize scientific papers for you, where it is manipulating the digital information that gives the appearance of conceptual understanding, even, even if there is none, but it doesn't matter yep. if there's conceptual understanding because the output is able to be used by a human. Okay, amazing superpower, but there's a huge component here, which is the huge component, which is the, 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 the overlooked component, which is the inputs into the machine are still scientific papers created by humans. So if there right. are errors, if there are conceptual errors in the scientific papers, the machine is just going to spit out to you a, 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 a pattern of errors that humans are making. Yep. Now, okay, so, so that's an important concept, but there's a, there's a question mark here. This one I don't understand, and it's terrifying. In the future, how many of those inputs are going to be, in practice, non-human? So how many of the inputs are going to be manipulations of the data in a way that humans wouldn't have done but we can put it back yep. into the machine. We use the new manipulations of data as an input into the machine. And then we have it, you know, run an iteration on that information. Then it's like, well, is that possible? Is that, what would that look like? Like in other words, in other words, in other words, 
<laughs> you're digitizing the information. You're asking a machine to potentially find patterns in that information that we didn't find. Yep. And then you might be able to turn around and use those extracted patterns that we didn't see as a new input. Oh, yeah. So, so well, that, okay. Yeah. So, 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 so that first seems like, it, yeah, go ahead. What it's like, this is probably a silly way to explain what it's doing, but I think it's, um, it's going to be useful. Um, imagine you got a, you know, a book of colors, right? Like a hundred colors or whatever. Right. And you give it to the machine and it creates the gradient of all colors. Right. Like, but if you hadn't explored a part of color space, it's not going to explore it either. Right. right. If, if you were, you know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't want to make colorblind analysis. We're gonna we're gonna get lost, but um, whatever, right? If the reds were not in your vocabulary for some reason, right? Um, it's not gonna be like, hey, but there's red too. Um, okay, so that's the first approximation, right? And 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 some people are like, well, that means that now from now on, all the all the outputs are gonna be AI driven, and therefore, um, and by the way, when they say AI driven, at least some people are thinking, you know the spam in their inboxes or whatever, right? Like, which is like sort of garblings of the inputs that were originally by humans, right? And that that's going to feed right back into the machine and the machine will become less and less coherent and more and more like just collapse into noise. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's missing a huge part, which is that we are the, 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 the filter still, right? Like we are extracting things for the machine. We are defining the way in which the extraction is being made. We yes. are selecting oh, the yes. outputs. We're verifying okay. them often. Okay. Alex. So big, big concept here that this is, this is where all of my focus is going and it just directly, directly connects to what you're talking about. Okay. If this is a better way of framing what's going on with the AI is in the context of biological information systems, the relationship between man and machine, mm -hmm. then my focus goes on the interface part. My okay. focus is saying, okay, well, so, so here's a hypothetical scenario. What if it's the case that uh, brain composition, biological brain composition is so sophisticated in ways that we don't understand that you can't essentially extract, you can't essentially download the information into your brain. There's like no mechanical way of doing that, that you've got all this information and all these patterns, but there's a hard bottleneck in what you can get out. Because, and the hard bottleneck is the brain. That's one world. Wait, you're yeah. saying we, we, there's a bottleneck in what we can get out of the network? There's a bottleneck in terms of what types of patterns can be acted on because the actors are the humans and the we can only uh, we can only act on a, a limited amount of information that is coming out of the machine. Let me give let me give uh, uh, let me give an analogy okay. that that'll uh, clear up what I'm what I'm trying to say. This is a ridiculous analogy I just thought of and it's like who knows if this one will stick, but there's a concept here I'm trying to get at. Okay, okay. We're... we're also using uh, ChatGPT to get better analogies, by the way. <laughs> okay, yeah, that might help. Okay, so the analogy is blowing up a balloon. All right, so you've got the rubber. I have the picture. Yes. <laughs> so far, I think this is, a, everybody can follow the analogy. Um, now imagine I exhale one breath into the balloon. Mm -hmm. So I've got air in the balloon, and then it deflates. And so the air goes back into my lungs. Mm -hmm. No problem. 
Okay, now instead of one, I go and I blow it up five of them. You know, five five pushes puffs of air five into breath, the balloon. Five lungfuls into the balloon. Maybe not lungfuls. Maybe I can do five breathfuls, and maybe my lungs have a you know you know it's five breath capacity. So sure enough, the thing deflates, and wow, I get a lot of air. Okay, now imagine I have a balloon the size of a bus or the size of a building. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a natural max limit that my lungs can handle of air right. coming back out of that balloon. Yep. So there's the rate limiting is the human in terms of the the air coming out of the balloon. And I'm saying to make the analogy to the AI, it might be yep. that there's a hard rate limit of what we can do with this information and all of this air, which is the brain. The brain might be the limiting factor here. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, maybe, right? But I also, being that, well, being, if the brain is a general computation, uh apparatus right biological information system call it what you want um i have a lot of faith in its plasticity right like in its ability to create new semantic frameworks to accomplish uh things within so um well, well hang on but before you complete that thought i'm sorry to interrupt i i do I, I what i was trying to do is not say this is the way the world is i'm trying to paint two scenarios one world in which we have this bottleneck and another world in which we don't I see that there is in maybe there is a way in fact to expand the lungs if you will like massively yep so so in that scenario I, I agree with you this is the scenario i'm thinking well this i could see a risk the, essentially the idea it's, it's of fascinating to me because um you are seeing the risk in the man machine hybrid i'm yeah. seeing that as a solution <laughs> right so i'm literally like you know, uh, cheerleading for the arrival of exactly that hybrid. Um, I think that is a, a hybrid that is um, more likely to be aligned with, you know, humanity than um, trying to get those networks to do their own planning, right? Be it, become autonomous, essentially become their own agents, uh, pursue their own plans that they extract from their own, from themselves, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and therefore, um, you know, operate outside of us, right? I, I, I have very often this scene I try to describe for people where um, it's in the movie Robocop. So I'm already dating myself, the original one, by the way. I'm not talking about like, they were too bad they never made a sequel. Um, the the original one where, where there is, does this ring any, do you, have I sent you this clip maybe, or do you know what I'm talking about? No, I haven't seen Robocop. Okay, so I'll, I'll describe as much as I can. So the the concept of Robocop is like this, this, this cop, right, dies in like a brutal like gang violence sort of situation. Um, and he gets to the hospital and then the, the, the uh, OCP, Omni Consumer Products Corporation, which runs the police stations in Detroit City, uh, at the time, think of it as like Amazon police or whatever. Um, so it actually um, is functional compared to the Detroit police is what you're saying. That is, yeah, it is privatized <laughs> and uh, sort of, but also like, you know, there's, it's one corporation doing right, everything, right, right. right? Like from, yep. from rice to policing. Um, and um, so they're building this new sort of 
model of you know uh, a cop i guess where you you take a human and then you put them in this sort of kind of permanently welded iron man suit let's <laughs> let's call it that right um and they build this thing called robocop right which is a fascinating because it's like extremely you know rugged and fast and able to do all sorts of things but has a lot of limitations it needs special food and needs special power um you know uh it's it's uh, but but also there's the struggle between the, the the biological element and the digital sort of overrides that they uh, jammed onto it. But it turns out that within this corporation there are two sort of um, what to call it like uh, factions, right? One is trying to do the the Robocop program. The other one is trying to make these completely autonomous robots called the Ed 209s, which are these massive things with two legs that look kind of like um, more like dinosaurs than humans, right? With these machine guns like stuck to them, et cetera, um, which are, you know, obviously a lot more powerful than a sort of, you know, brute force kind of way, but also a lot, a lot less uh, able to discern situations and, and adapt. Um, so you have this scene fighting basically where they kind of go at each other, right? Robocop and Ed 209 go at each other. And in the end, you know, the Robocop takes a lot of hits. You know, this is kind of like your standard fight scene in a, in a movie where, you know, the hero gets beaten down, et cetera, et cetera. But in the end, sort of, he runs away to the stairwell and Ed 209, just the, 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 the feet cannot sort of adapt and it kind of tumbles down the stairwell. Um, but the, the whole point to me is that like, okay, action action scene aside the whole question to me is um is the artificial intelligence something that is going to operate as you know the, the third layer of the human brain you know if if we sort of think of this you know, the limbic system and then the mm -hmm. the the neocortex and if i messed up the brain anatomy uh, forgive me but roughly um right and are, is this going to be the third layer um, you know, because I, I don't have any strong desires to replace my limbic system. I don't know about you, but like, you know, just because the limbic system is dumber, right, than my neocortex or whatever that means, right? Um, they're two incomplete agents, really. They, you don't really, <laughs> it's not like, am I this or am I that? I am their son, right? So the question is, do we bring a third one in this, um, in this grouping, mm -hmm. or do we try to turn this sort of ball of, you know, intelligence, if you want to call it that, but like um, non-random predictions, let's, let's put it that way. Do we try to turn that into a, a sort of autonomous agent that can make its own decisions and learn from its own feedback by um, interacting with the world based on a high-level objective? And the, the point of the high-level objective, by the way, is that it can come up with arbitrarily complex plans to accomplish it, right? Like that's the, that's kind of the, the we don't, we might tell it like you know um i don't know make a lot of oh. money but it could mm. make plots okay. that are like six level deep that we just a human would never do to, to get there um okay. so so that's the that's the um the set the menu of options i see right i mean some okay. people are like clamoring for government intervention to uh shut down the whole thing and i'm i'm like i <laughs> Yeah. that is well, the option of, that is like all the yeah. theoretical disaster scenarios we like we have already seen the 20th century was the story of the disaster of what happens when you have like government that's too large and too powerful clamping down on things like this is not a theoretical concern this is what happens like we already have empirical evidence of that i, I mean but i literally wrote to somebody you know i wish you were paying attention over the last two years i really wish yeah. you, you were because you clearly weren't <laughs> let me address another part of the framing here the difference in framing um this concept of alignment 
is very essential to how the AI people are talking about things. Yeah. The way I'm seeing it, I'm not very persuaded by the, the alignment discussions. I might be missing something, but here's why. If you're mm -hmm. talking in the context of making the autonomous agent, and, you're, and what you're trying to say is we need to come up with the strings of computer code that are going to be so amazing that they permanently fix goals of the machine to not do things that we don't want it to do. I'm going, why would you think that would be possible? You're going to, that seems like the idea of alignment of this super organism, if that's what it is going to look like. I, I just am thinking, well, that's not, how would that be possible? You're, and, and furthermore, if it's possible to create the autonomous thing without that magic code alignment, then yep. somebody's going to do it. It's like, well, that's what not, they're worried about, by the way. Well, that's uh, well, well, so, so I think we got to, I think it's helpful. So their, their, their take is that alignment is desirable, but it's always going to be a cost to the agent and it, it's going to lose to, to the unaligned agent and therefore we're screwed. Yeah, well, maybe, or maybe it's the case that trying to noodle about alignment, theoretical alignment in the term, in terms of trying to capture the complexity of the concept of goal alignment of a superorganism in code, I'm just extremely skeptical that that's something that could be done. Do you want me to try to construct the framework as far as as far as I understand it anyway? Because I think you you yes. there's like a few inferences you need to walk through to. For that to make sense so okay the first sort of building block is what they call the orthogonality thesis right and people yes. can google that if they want to uh, understand it better than i'm going to explain it but here's my um my basic understanding is that you values and sort of capabilities are um pretty much orthogonal right like hence the orthogonality thesis as in you can have a um you know can imagine completely different biological forms even if we can get the digital out of it um you know you can imagine different alien species that have developed uh in different planets with different um evolutionary constraints to have completely different values there's this um a pretty good story by yukowski if i um you know I, which I, I still recognize a pretty good story uh which is uh the baby eating aliens which presents a, an interesting sort of evolutionary uh background that might lead to lead to aliens who as part of their core value system is, is, is eating babies right just mm -hmm. of, and of course this is selected to be um maximally like abhorrent to humans <laughs> but that's the kind of the point which is that you can have people who feel they're moral and they are you know just like they share a lot of our values, but then other values are like completely mm -hmm. out there. Okay, so sorry about that. Um, you were talking about the ortho, uh, the alignment concept, right? Yeah. So, so um, from uh, alignment um, is the kind of the first step to understanding alignment is uh, the orthogonality thesis, which says that you've got two uh, different things, which is like one is the values, right? Or your you know, morals or whatever you want to call them, like your objective stuff about what you prefer uh, ultimately. And then the other one is your capabilities, like how able are you to um, well, you know, pro process and optimize effectively. But uh, the, the point being, you 
you know, optimization power without values is inert. Um, and, and depending on the values, you can have very different results. Um, and this doesn't require, you know, different uh, digital uh, incarnations of intelligence. You can think of two different species that have, that have developed on different planets um, and have, you know, some values that are similar and some values that are completely different. Uh, while both of them think of themselves as, you know, righteous and moral and, and correct. Um, but the, um, you know, that, that if, if that sort of argument makes sense, then the idea of alignment should, you know, can, can be built on top of that by saying like, well, we want an artificial intelligence that uh, is, you know, the way I would articulate it is complementary to our values, right? It's not. Well, so, so you actually said, if that way of thinking about it makes sense, then I, I'm yes. having difficulty understanding this because I'm thinking, how, how are you, you're, is the goal to try to be able to encode ethics into computer code such that the, that all of the execution of the code of the, what you're doing in the world is filtered through the the ethical code. Um, well, I I would you know these days I would discard the sort of uh, imperative coding sort of style uh, language, and I would say you know the the objective is to um, whatever the value function of the thing is, right? The 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 preference ordering of world states that it has it is, you know, hospitable to us rather than inhospitable. So, so this is the problem I'm getting hung on. I'm like, okay, not a computer programmer, have, you know, I tinker. I'm thinking, this sounds like a difficulty level of saying like, is there a mathematical formula out there for how to live an ethical life such that you as a human, as you're experiencing things and thinking about them, put your experiences into the context of information and you, you digitize your experiences and put them into an ethical, a digital ethical structure to make sure that you're acting the right way. Or like, I, I'm sorry, that's a, that's a bad way of putting it. It, it. It's like saying, yeah, it's like saying, is there a general enough mathematical algorithm to add morality to computers right the, the uh, point is that you don't need to um mathematically um the 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 way to think about it is not like defining the formula for for human values or something right it is i mean you know in a very trivial sense that is true but it's a formula with like you know billions of terms in it or whatever but um what I, the the idea is um you already have this network Right of that you can ask questions of like you know the the overlay of all humans or whatever so, something like that anyway. Um, so the question is, okay, you are a hyper intelligent agent, right? You can uh, conjure up plans to do things that have all sorts of consequences, and you can figure out what those consequences might be to some depth, right? Um, the question is, which one of these plans do you go with? Because they have all sorts of side effects, right? So then you're you're like, do I prefer um, the plan that gets me? So a human asks you to do something, right? I don't know, feed me. Um, and you've got a list of plans that you can come up with. 
so far. I think you know ChatGPT can do that. Uh, ChatGPT twenty will do do that. You know. Well, well, well. Hang on. Let, let let me just let me just push back there. So, I don't interpret it that way. I don't think the ChatGPT is coming up with a list of plans. I don't think if you look under the hood, that's actually what's happening. No, no. So, the result. I'm I'm talking purely black box. The result. If you say, you know. Um, print, a, you know, show me a list of plans. It will uh, list some plans. Okay, but 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 I think it's important to say that when it lists some plans, it's very different than if you're talking to a human that is listing some plans. So when yes. when we're yeah, so, I'm, so I'm not saying it is a. I'm literally saying it's producing a list of plans in some fashion. Okay. Okay. Uh, let me let me try to let me try to get something. I don't know if it's going to come out right. So this is this is we're entering into danger zone where I'm going to step in some mud and I'm I'm, I'm trying to do it right here. Sorry. Okay. It seems to me that this might be an area in which the philosophy of mind matters, because I get the idea that that there are algorithms that are going to be extracting these patterns of data in useful ways to us. But when we start talking about the, the, uh, the computer's goals and that the, they understand that there's many ways to accomplish the goal, then you, then you lose me. And I'm thinking, well, that's not, that's not, I don't think that's what's happening. When we ask chat GPT, it doesn't understand goals, but when, when we no, say- no, but we it can, can give it a generic process. We, we can build a generic process. And by we, I mean you and me today can sit down and build one, right? I'm not saying like, you know, wise humans in the future. I'm saying like, you know, people like us can build a process that utilizes the resource that is GPT, right? The network and the weights um, to operate like an agent. Uh, uh... Okay. To to right. to to have agent like behavior. And you're saying describe, that describe this... how we can do that. Like I can I can walk you through the details because I think that the yes, details. Matter. Yes, that would be helpful. Yes. Um. So let's say I make an algorithm, right? Ask. So 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 the the, the cool stuff that's happening with ChatGPT now. But before I get to the designing the agent, I think it's interesting to to cover a little bit more around it. Um, the, the cool stuff that's happening right now, or at least the cool stuff that's getting released right now, uh, is is about ref using reflection or having multiple agents talk to each other, or you know stuff like that. So, um, for instance, if I've I need to, to sit down and finish reading this paper, but from the little I, I understand of it, what they one thing they seem to be able to do um, is to say so. So even zooming out a little bit more. Um, one thing I did yesterday is I literally Google for logic puzzles, uh, you know, text logic puzzles, right? Like um, on on the, on the internet, and I took one that looked you know reasonably interesting, and I gave it to GPT three, which failed. Um, and not only did it fail, but it rationalized its failure, which was amazing. <laughs> um, and I gave it GPT four, which solved the problem, right? It actually provided a correct answer and 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 explained it really well. Um, so uh, it can it can it can navigate around some conceptual uncertainty today. So if I say, um, sorry, where was I doing with that? Um, so 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 it can it can, yeah, it can it can come up. We we can we can we can let's say we try to build this agent. 
how would we do it? Well, we would say, um, you know, first, you know, t take objective from human. Like human says, we, we say like, you know, um, make me a meal, right? Um, and the, it's like, well, what do I know about Alex? What kind of food says, has he liked in the past? Whatever, whatever, right? Um, what's available in the fridge, right? So that I can, it can be cooked today. Um, or maybe we can make it simpler. So make me a meal plan, right? Like make, give me instructions for what to cook so that we don't have to breach into the physical world. Like it's the, the request is, you know, give me instructions for what to cook okay. tonight for my family. Okay. Um, so it's, you know, text in, text out, right? It can come up with, you know, and, and let's say it has access to information. It can figure out what's in your fridge. It can figure out what you what you've liked in the past. Everybody in your family, their ages, their whatever. It could, you can go deeper. Their their nutritional uh, you know profiles, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so then it and, and and so through interrogating this network of knowledge that it that it has, right? It can produce a a series of. Um, ideas <laughs> let's call it ideas right the the next level though the next step down from there is um well which one is it going to suggest right which one is the final sort of and and that's where values come in because um it, but, but, it's like but can can we find a better word than values because when you say values i think human ethics and i it's hard for me to put the values into the code when you're talking that's I the... mean, forget the, the code. The, 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 I'm just I'm just drawing the black box for them. But I'm saying, like, will it um, prefer something that has less um, CO2 emissions than something else, right? That implies less CO2 emissions or less animal suffering or less, you know, these are... But, but that would be a parameter that would be specified in the algorithm, right? I don't... It's just weights again, right? You can, you can use the same network that you've got there. But it's known to... weights, right? I mean, it's so, just trillions on there. Like, I mean, it's just like a, a very long list of numbers. It's not really anything intelligible to us. It's like it's like saying, you know, neurons connecting to other neurons is like a list of connections. It's like sure, but that's not really the okay. level of abstraction. Okay. That let, let me let me maybe try to put it in a in a question form here. So, um, is the idea that the in the algorithmic decision-making process, there will be weights that we don't know what they are, we don't understand them, such that when we try to uh, get the... So we don't know why it's giving us the information it's giving us, right? Currently, no, yeah. Okay. So, so what I'm saying is, ha, I get that part, and I get that for like, in other words, in other words, when you, um, if you're surfing YouTube a bunch, and then you start seeing on your sidebar suggested videos, and the mm -hmm. suggested videos aren't in the same topic that the videos you're watching, you might say, huh, how did it know that I really like, you know, that I would be interested yeah. in chess when I'm not, that type of thing, I get that, but I still, I'm, it, I, I'm I'm there, but I when you start bridging it into reality, and then like there's a there's a way for the computer to execute such that it's manipulating the levers in the world to cause a disaster scenario. 
I don't see that part. I'm going, okay, I can have I get it. it. I would... I get it. Let, let's let's stay stay with the meal prep uh, yeah. bit for yeah. a moment. Yeah, though, yeah, right? yeah. Just to make sure we've, we, we're we on the same page about that. Okay. So, uh, the, the, so it gets to the place where it has five or six ideas about what to suggest to me, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, what it what our algorithm can tell it to do, and our algorithm is like five lines of, of code, right? That is simple. It, it, it is to say, take your five ideas, put them in a sequence, right? And ask the black box over there, right? Which one is best for Alex? Yeah. Right, and it will make a choice, right? And yeah. again, that choice will imprint yes. certain values, right? Again, whether, you know, is is more CO2 better or more vitamin C better? Is more, you know, like is more animal suffering better or is more yummy, tasty better, right? Because you've got to make some some trade-offs. There's trade-offs everywhere, obviously, and 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 those options each one have their advantages and disadvantages or or even just different properties we can't we don't even have to put a value network on right but some properties make them more desirable to me or or not and it can try to figure that out now okay so so there's an agent and it made a decision to show me something right completely sort of digitally there's no human in that loop and, and i kind of described how that might happen does that make sense so up until the very end, I, I don't, I think it's actually helpful if we can come up with some different language. Cause when we talk about that as an agent, I think that's adding something to the mix that I think that concept is doing something more than we than, uh, than I think it should. I, I, I have this suspicion that something's being sweep you know something's being brushed under the rug here under this concept of the agent these other words like I mean, yeah, we yeah, have a machine yeah. that made a decision so something like it doesn't really matter okay. what you okay. call but, it so so let's say that let's say you know um you know what we'll we'll jump back to the youtube analogy here right mm -hmm. a machine is making a decision about what videos to suggest to you mm -hmm. okay but but make the make the bridge then from like that doesn't seem like a threat to wow that could be a huge threat where it does something and it, it pulls a lever that causes this chain of events that result in destruction let's say right 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 so so here's the here's the i mean here's the the, the path right what the path sound looks like stretching out the distance, the, the, you know, this, the sequence of steps the AI has to make, right? If I say, instead of like propose to me, um, a way to, uh, feed my family tonight, if I say instead, go make me some money, you know, here's a hundred bucks, right? Go and turn it into more money. Again, it has to come up with some ideas, some plans, right? Some of them are going to be nonsensical. So that has to have a way to check them, whatever, but ultimately, um, some of those things are going to be harmful to humanity, and some of them are not. Well, well, but but hang on, we, we're 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 giving this machine the ability to successfully act in the world mm -hmm. at a level that we're not when we're talking about it generating recipes. I follow along with the recipes and the YouTube algorithm, and then you're like. So we'll this got released yesterday, right? Zapier uh, integration got released yesterday. Zapier yeah. is a service, an online service that allows um, any API managing um, uh, service, and in this case, it's GPT style, to 
connect and manipulate all sorts of APIs in the real world. Um, this could be uh, banks, it could be uh, Twitter, it could be yeah, 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 uh, yeah. online shops, it could be yeah, yeah, yeah. All sorts I of see. Things, okay, but... okay, okay. So, so let me just uh, try to interrupt here again. Forgive me. In a world in which there's a plug and play into the AI, everything is connected to this AI. It is not hard for me to come up with disaster scenarios or anybody to come up with disaster scenarios. Yeah. It's like, of course, if you plug everything into the damn machine. We did that say, yesterday. I just I want to clarify this happened just yesterday. Yeah, yeah, like that. Well, but but not quite. Not quite though, because the because humans are still deciding what things they're gonna plug into this machine. So it's sort of like it's sort of like let me just get a, a crude analogy, right? We're we're develop we're talking about the development of electricity. And we say, listen, when you plug the thing into the wall, you get the a magic ability of some work to be accomplished. All you got to do is plug it into the wall. And then and then imagine somebody would say, well, but I can, you know, what happens when people put forks into the machine, into the wall? Like, well, they're going to get zapped. Of course, they're going to get zapped. So how, so how then, so why is this different when, when we're, when it's like, well, of the, course, the, if we the, build out a, a centralized, it's like the internet. It's like, if you put voting, for example, if you connect voting machines to the internet, you're going to break voting. Right, M more or less, like that system's going to break. So, so sure. is the concern it, it, that we're just going to plug everything in, and then somebody will, somebody will have a Chat GPT request, and it's like, oh sure, I can give you that. Let me just go hack the, you know, this bank and that bank and send off some nukes, and then that will help you accomplish your goal. I mean, not in such. But here's the thing like the, the 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 worry and i think we can we're we've gone out far enough that we can start actually constructing this the kind of scenarios we need is that it won't be so black and white right it won't be so um it either is a fork in the plug and you just get blasted back right and some people die but you know okay you know this is kind of learning process for humanity and we we'll now learn not to put forks in, in plugs yeah um it's not quite, or it works, right? There's the kind of the two worlds, right? It works or it doesn't, and it's fairly easy to figure that out. The The problem with this new thing is that it's created, again, the whole spectrum of colors, right? Um, so we lose the, you know, the continuity, right? The, the, the difference between a fork and a heater, right? Well, they're both metallic objects that, you know, consume, <laughs> can bridge electricity from the one side to no, the other. No, no, but, that, but, you, but, but, the, but the, the problem is not the machine's ability to recognize the fork and the heater. The problem is the humans pushing, putting the thing in the wall in the first place. So, so if you're going to, so I can tell a story. Right, right, right. Because, which... because we understand what putting a fork means, but the, 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 the problem is that what happens if you give it a hundred bucks, right? You, well, you give it access to a bank account with a hundred dollars and then the passwords to be precise. Um, you know, you give it, you give it the code to a Bitcoin wallet with, you know, uh, what is it? 0.03 of a Bitcoin or something. Mm -hmm. um, right. And an instruction to get you more money. Right. The, the, the problem is you can never do just one thing, right? Like to, to get you this, this extra hundred dollars to double your money, let's say, it will have to affect some systems in some ways, right? Yeah, systems that are connected to that network in a particular way. Yeah, like it will have to, to go and trade something somehow, right? Like something for something. Some Somebody somewhere will have to find it more valuable to give it more money for whatever it was that it did, I guess.
Okay. It'll, yeah. Well, yeah. I'll have to earn a hundred bucks. Right. Um, yeah. Now, whether that hundred bucks will be earned, you know, making a sweet, you know, Etsy 3D printed toy yeah. or, uh, you know, ordering a hit on somebody. Um, <laughs> they're just different things. Um, so, so, and... what, so, so, so why, why would this, here's an elementary response. Uh, well, what we need is judgment to figure out what to plug into this thing and what not to. So like, there's no threat. If you don't plug anything into it, it doesn't escape. It's just, you're taking a risk. Like if you hook your bank account up to this thing, yeah, wow, buddy, you're, you're playing with fire. Maybe you're going to make a zillion bucks or maybe it's all going to go poof. But then it seems like the decision to plug in or not. Well, I'm now not, you're getting yeah. closer to a classical AI, AI, like, you know, rationalist approach, which is to take the extreme risk uh, analysis here and say, um, look, you know, we are, uh, you know, the, the worst possible thing you can imagine can happen. Right, like if he takes your bank account, it can start an international crime gang. To no, no, crime, but it can't. Whatever. It can't take your bank account. I don't think that's the right way of thinking. If about you it. give it your bank, if you give well, it yeah. your bank account, but but think about framing it that way. Like, yeah, if you give the thing your bank account, yeah, bad shit's gonna happen. So here's a well, disaster. Somebody's gonna. But, like but here, what I'm saying a, is like, it's a virtual like, certainty that somebody will. Yes. Well, so don't plug your blank bank account into the thing. Uh, but let me let me let me paint a scenario, and then and then I want you to change the paint on the canvas here. Okay. This is a one hundred percent real possible disaster scenario. Mm -hmm. The people who are in charge of nukes decide that they need to plug the nuke system into the AI, and they're like, yep. you know, we need access to that intelligence. We're gonna plug yeah, yeah. the new. The Chinese, in. there's there's intelligence that the Chinese just did it, and we can't be left behind. We've got to plug into. Yeah, exactly. Okay. In that scenario, I go, oh my gosh, the world might actually end. That's the stupidest thing I can imagine. Holy shit, what in the world are you doing? Like, wow, right. that's a bad idea. Okay, but but in that scenario, I'm saying, well, the problem is unfathomably bad judgment by humans. It's not right. a, a renegade AI thing. So, so then, so then, so that's how I'm framing it. I see the disaster scenario, but it's about what humans are choosing to plug into the to the machine and not the machine itself. It, why is that naive or wrong? So, I think the the upper upper operating element here is um, the the ability to. So nukes are easy, right? Because nukes are just just bad. They're just killers, right? So you kind of like, well, you know, don't do that. Okay, well, that's easy. But the, the point is, if you give it access to anything, right, and anything could include people, right, like just how, yourself how so? in a way. How, do, how, how? What do you mean? What? How can you how can you give the, yourself to the machine? No, no, access to. How so? Like, but just talking to it. So okay, now in that scenario, in that scenario, though, right? There's the. The risk, if, if it's just talking to it, it's um, a similar type of risk than if you're talking to uh, evil Machiavellian. Like, yeah, you're taking a risk that in some way you're going to be manipulated. You're not going to be sophisticated enough to avoid the manipulation or whatever. But it's still like the 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 worry there is not the machine doing anything. The worry there is that that people are going to be interact. It's the interaction between the man and the machine. That is a potential problem. Like foolish people with this technology are going to harm themselves. 
but but if we're if we try to be well, the, wise the, the, then... harming themselves is fine like you know in well, a way you know people. You, yeah 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 totally yeah you know what is it fafo like okay you know you you did something silly yeah yeah the yeah. The, the real problem again is when somebody tell let, we can can we construct a really bad scenario out of completely vanilla you know yeah. services right access to safeway uh, you know, the supermarket for yeah. the not people who are not here, um, you know, access to the supermarket, you know, bank account with like not too much money, um, whatever, yeah. you know, can yeah. it think of like a plan to like, I don't know, construct a bomb and do, uh, you know, blackmail somebody with this sort of home cooking, home cleaning product manufactured, you know, it, it gets right. It, 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 it takes somebody from, you know, task rabbit. It gives them instructions to basically make a, make a homemade, uh, right. Yeah, right. And then says you know, and it looks like a, a device that, you know, you have to diffuse. Right. And then it sends a digital sort of Bitcoin style scam to somebody and saying like, unless you deposit $300 to this bank account, I will not give you the code to diffuse this, uh, this bomb that is in your building, whatever. Right. Like, but you can, you can think of, how it can it doesn't have to be like here's a nuclear bomb it could be like here's a supermarket well, right well okay let's play that scenario out i love this okay so let me let me first of all let me try to put it in my own language and see it and see if this uh this is going to help somebody so okay i'm trying here i'm working the brain today so imagine that there is a bunch of techniques for the digital manipulation of, of information. And that uh, there's a bunch of ways that you can accomplish goals with the manipulate with uh, the right tools, the right tools for the algorithmic manipulation of information gives you the ability to accomplish certain goals, especially in the digital world. Okay. All right. So imagine there's like a gigantic, there's one centralized gigantic pile of tools for the manipulation of information, which allows yeah. you to do different things with those tools. So the risk or the concern is something like you will tell a child to say, hey, listen, accomplish this goal for me. And the way you accomplish the goal is you go to the pile of tools you pick up whatever tools you need to go accomplish the goal. And the child picks up the tool, which is blackmail and extortion and maybe the nuclear code somewhere. And, you know, all of these tools that it's using, it just might, it doesn't know what it's doing. It's just like, oh, this is going to, I know this is going to accomplish the goal. So I'm going to use these tools. And that is the concern, right? That's the destructive process. Well, that's where you need the values element to come in. Is is where was, we were going. Okay, so so if the, I, I this is a, I kind of like this analogy. Because some things we we know as humans, some things are acceptable and some things are okay. unacceptable. Okay, 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 okay. So 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 let's play out this childish scenario, right? So it's this technology with this big old pile of tools, and we're discovering in real time, uh, this is not. We don't have a way to do this that isn't causing destruction. So the people that are, for example, right? People that are plugging in their, their, their APIs into ChatGPT have their computers explode. It's like, okay, well, we keep doing this thing and it's like failing. And then I plugged my computer in and this weird thing happened and somebody showed up in my house or whatever, you know, 
if that were the risks or if that was actually what was happening, wouldn't we conclude, oh, this technology doesn't actually work or you shouldn't plug in or like it doesn't it doesn't have a way to skillfully choose what tools it's using so you know don't bother with it don't plug in like how do we get to the how do we get to the scenario when it's like ah there was enough tools there that the, that we asked the child that one request and it picked all of them up and then you know dot 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 humanity goes extinct why wouldn't we be like oh okay this system is failing it's more complex than we can handle so we're just not gonna we're not gonna use it well, the, um, first of all, the first question is if we're all going to just, you know, there's no we, right, fundamentally, in humanity. Like, we are a bunch of different agents and different people are going to make different decisions. So one group might have certain yeah, beliefs, yeah. the other group might so have other fair. beliefs. Yeah, and, yeah. Right. Uh, and we also use machines in warfare, right? So um, some of us, you know, uh, unfortunately are quite happy to uh, deploy lethal you know, machines against others. And of course the yeah. others don't like that, but they don't get really a choice or whatever, right? There's yeah. there's all sorts of uh, permutations of this uh, question. The other part of course, is that uh, it could be, it could be making money or the third part, right? Which it gets maybe a little bit more sophisticated. And I don't know if you can, if you're sort of, um, if you're gonna go there with me or not, but like as it develops, you know, the objective, it realizes that you might object to certain things it might want to do, and it might start hiding them from you. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So it's like, well, the, well, you yeah, know, yeah. you do have to do fraud, but then, you know, master is going to stop is probably not going to like that. So yeah. but that is bad for my objective of giving him an extra 100 bucks. So yeah. better start, you know, <laughs> keeping double books and like, yeah. you know, being extra yeah. manipulative because that's so, just part of the plan. It's just a plan that I'm executing, right? Like whatever. So that's, let's say that's one tool in the toolbox is sure. uh, deceiving the person you're the, trying the, to serve. Yes. Okay. Now that, that I'm gonna, good, you know, I want to put an asterisk by that one. Cause I'm going to say, I'm not sure that that is uh, possible. That particular one, uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm not going to put a lot of credence on that where, right now, but even in that scenario, like there doesn't there it, the the bridge between the digital and the real world seems to be the problem. Like if I if I were to imagine about killer drones, for example, and I'm like, okay, are killer drones a genuine threat to humans? Uh, yeah, they're terrifying. Like imagine killer drones were really cheap and like you just print them off and anybody could attach these you know bombs to them. It's like that's a scary scenario. Uh, it's not because of like the software, it's because of the bridge where it's like, okay, this is where software intersects with reality in a way that causes explosions and damage. So when I'm looking at th this AI example, I'm saying bridge, it, okay. For example, are we I saying- can, I, can do, I can do better, I can, I, we can do better. Well, How well, do you let, feel let, about wait, DDT? Wait, let, me, let, me, let me ask you one, one question here. Okay. Are we saying that the physical machinery, that some people are going to build out machinery to take this technology into the real world such that they're able to manipulate it intentionally or not that is causing destruction. So there's going to be so some group of people. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think this division between the digital and the physical world is as um, robust as 
it, it, you, you're thinking about it, I think. Let me let me tell you something from personal experience. Um, I, the company I ran for 10 years uh, is called Delena, right? And what we did is we built a network with, you know, many hundreds of thousands of devices, uh, probably close to a million by now, um, that are sort of what we call IoT devices, right? Which is kind of basically small Linux computers that were doing things in the world, right? Our network is digital, like the, the way to take control of it is digital. Um, but if you're inside and you get to the devices somehow, which is our nightmare scenario from a security perspective, but let's, you know, you're a super intelligent AI, you know, <laughs> that's not your problem. Um, you are now um, sort of, you know, looking at trucks and drones and um, cameras and uh, you know actuators of all kinds and yes, yes blah blah yes, blah right and yes, it's all yes. api requests as far as you're concerned right yes, it's all yes digits that you're sending to an amazon data center but those are causing things in the real world all totally sorts of valid. totally valid yes i follow along and that's something i have built there's a small yeah. super highway between the digital and the physical right. and it's not the only one there's like millions of those okay well, well let's, let's let's go with that example because that's a great one and you have personal experience here okay so i so i, I have no difficulty in envisioning a whole bunch of different uh physical systems being integrated into this AI uh, right. or, or, or just a, the internet for that matter. And like being right. able to centrally control how self, you know, self-driving vehicles are moving on the roads. And then like, I can imagine a scenario where, you know, a hacker hacks into the system and it says, okay, all the, all the trucks, you know, run into each other or off the roads, go, you know, try to find. Yeah. yeah like you want to assassinate you just wait for the right person to, you know, Totally. So, so I look at that and I go, okay, but the problem is everything plugging in. Can't we, so if I'm living out in, you know, let's say the countryside and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm just extracting recipes from the AI. Why would I be at risk when I haven't plugged anything in and I'm not around systems that are all plugged into this thing? Okay. So, so now we're saying that the concern is not really plugging things into the AI, but plugging things into the internet, right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, sort of, okay. yeah. That's more fundamental, yeah. Yeah, okay, so, um, and and yours, well, I mean, the, the, the thing is that the AI could do things um, in the pursuit of some objective that it, you know, like the, 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 the fear I have, and it applies to the state as it applies to the AI, is um, a sorcerer's apprentice, right? Like doing a whole bunch of really bad things while you're trying to yeah. do something else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, we've experienced that with, um, uh, you know, the last few years. And uh, the reason I asked you, by the way, how you feel about DDT is because they used to spray children with that for for, uh, for lice, yeah. I think, uh, yeah. which sounds like sounded like a good idea at the time, I must believe, but it... <laughs> sure sounds pretty stupid yeah yeah um right so we do you know we, we we pursue all sorts of plans um and they can have planetary consequence right because you're not really living in a civilization of one i would presume um you are part of a network right and and if you're in the what is the islands that india is defending where literally these people are living almost cut off from the rest of uh humanity there's like a, a chain of islands um hmm. in the indian ocean that India has basically declared, you know, modernity free zones, and you're not just allowed to go. And there are some tribes there that are effectively, you know, uncontacted or 
ish. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So those people are fine. You know, in, in most no, is that true? Is that true though? Is that no, true that there's no, a no, sufficient no. Well, air I, gap? Yeah. Because depend, I mean, you know, if, if nukes start flying, then they don't get a choice. Uh, if, um, you so, know, the, so, the, the, yeah. the core it, of the earth is breached, they don't get a choice. There's a bunch of situations where things could go sufficiently badly that, right. uh, you know, Okay, so strategic planning here for this technology. Here's a naive way to not have AI kill you. Uh, Don't plug really valuable parts of your life into it and have a sufficiently wide air gap between you and this tech such that it doesn't kill you in ways that uh, you you didn't foresee. Is that naive? Um the uh, everything hangs in the balance of what sufficiently wide means right the more intelligent the thing the more wide the air gap um the more important is what uh traverses the air gap right like how they so can i can i change the phraseology of what you just said i think mm-hmm. it's actually difficult or, or confusing to to say the more intelligent the AI because so, the more so capable how about, of optimization. Well, 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 let let's say let's go back to the pile of tools analogy. The more tools there are, and more sophisticated tools that there are in this gigantic pile of tools that the child is going to go to to try to accomplish goals. The more you need to be rec- you need to recognize that some of those tools could harm you, right? Let me put it uh, let me put it this way. Um, the more capable it is to compose ever more complicated plans, the fewer tools it can be trusted with. That seems like a wise principle. Yeah, a sufficiently you know sufficiently competent uh, adversary can kill you with a teddy bear, presumably. Uh, another way to <laughs> illustrate the point: um, uh, if there are a way to hook your heart up to the internet, don't do it. <laughs> You know, depends, depends on who's holding a gun to my head, but yeah, yeah. right. Um, But you see what I mean though, right? Like what I'm saying is the more able it is to break abstractions down, think think on the molecular level on the whatever, the fibers of the cloth on the, you know, the chemicals of the fibers, you know, like the more able it is to like see things from more perspectives, the more damage it can do with the more yes. things that we consider to be inert. And, and, and I couldn't we say something similar about electricity? That, that listen, this could be amazing. And there's all the, the more power we're getting from the nuclear power plants, the more your behavior needs to be restricted such that you don't zap yourself, right? Same kind of concept. I guess so. the, the, the point is that there's no um, plans to restrict anything right now. Okay. Well, th- well, let's talk about this idea. What do you mean there's no plans to restrict anything? Like <laughs> if I were to if I were to talk to anybody on the street about this stuff, they go, "Yeah, I'm not going to plug into that." Or like maybe if I there's a great value for in, me. So it's good. It's done. It's sufficient. Sufficient capabilities are plugged in that you know sufficiently complicated plans are possible. Uh, that it's not really a personal choice anymore. Well, how, how though? I mean, like if my neighbor is not participating in this at all. No, but I mean, if, if the, if a, you know, an agent like the one we're talking about can destroy the, the stock market, your neighbor will. True. Okay. Ah, ah, fair. Okay. Ah, ah, right. So let's say, uh, this is an interesting way of reframing. And the stock market is kind of plugged in, you know? 
Yes. Interesting way of reframing things. Okay. Let's put, let's expand the digital world to include, I mean, it's not really expanding. This is what it is to include bank accounts and finance and the stock market and a whole bunch of things that have already been totally taken over by digitization. Okay. And you're saying it's, you're already plugged in. Well, I might respond. Okay. Well, humans are developing new technology and have become too reliant on this one system that a lot of people are recognizing be, be become too reliant on. And so we're just going to be able to structure our lives to develop more air gaps. Or I say, in addition to the bank account that I have with the, it's a whole, it's all digital. I'm going to have, you know, physical assets and I'm going to have patterns in my life where I'm not, you know, I have backup plans in case the digital world explodes. Yeah. The, then you got the biological network that we are all also part of, right? Uh, as we recently experienced. Um, and then we got the fact that the, the, the planet is the planet. I guess what I'm what I'm trying to get you to is to sort of give up hope that we can sufficiently um, and, and and close this technology. Well, I'm, uh, I'm doing the opposite that can... of that. Uh, that that's the position I you know right now all of my intuitions are leaning in the opposite direction. I'm saying okay, this is going to be a amazing, but don't don't plug into it. Don't plug. It seems to me the worst thing you could possibly do would be plug your brain into this thing. It's like. Mm -hmm. why, why can you paint for me the case in which i actually can't have so if i have a bunch of you know physical assets let's say i'm wealthy and that means i have a bunch of cows you know and like i've got my whole system where it's not super digitized am i at risk and and if so how am i at risk in a unique way than you know somebody maliciously trying to use technology to like have an autonomous drone blow me up or something um, again, right? You are dependent on a world supply chain and a world financial system that, if it goes, you are in trouble. Um, yeah, but I'm not in trouble. Yes, experiencing pain. Yes, but I, I, I don't. I, I don't know how to hunt. Uh, I don't know how to live in the wild. <laughs> okay, but I don't you need can. The supermarkets to be stocked. Okay, but 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 hey, let, let's play with that. So let let's say, you know, like, couldn't it be a cultural value that we say, hey, things are so digitized and centralized. We can't get rid of all of the other knowledge of how to live life just in case this one implodes. And so all you need, you don't personally necessarily need to know how to hunt, though it couldn't hurt. You just need to be connected to a human network of people who, if shit hits the fan, are going to be able to take care of you and teach you how to hunt, right? Okay, let me. Let, this is great. Um, let me describe to you, this is an idea that came up when, we, when I was uh, at Elena uh, about how to manage these digital devices. Um, with while minimizing the danger of the remote network going crazy, right? Because you, you can imagine like all these devices, but also a big one that was like tapping into them at, at different times. So the the model I used for it in my mind, like the ideal, and I mean, with well, probably got quite far along that direction, was that the device just works, right? You you want the device in the state that it works. If the internet was to go away, the server was to 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 disappear. You want the, you know, yeah. your, your digital mixer, whatever it is you've got, right? The thermostat to not stop working because the internet went away, right? You want it to have its its functionality is what it is. So then what does the internet do for it? Well, it comes in, it, it, it shifts it from state to state, right? From version three to version four of the software or whatever. It does whatever housekeeping it needs to do. And then it steps back, 
right? So you can imagine a human civilization that is somewhat similar in the sense that, you know, we're living a fairly, you know, pre-digital life of sorts. And then the AI is able to provide us with um, improvements to it that we can implement, but always with the idea that if it were to disappear, yeah. well, we would just continue from that civilization. That is one one way to think about it. I don't, you know, I don't see that scenario as realistic, but that would Why be the, the, kind of, the kind of a steel man of that whole. Let, let, let me, let's put it in, in uh, more tech terms here. What if what we could do to adjust to this technology is focus our efforts on firewalls, not just firewalls in the straightforward sense, but the extended concept of firewalls, which includes like you, how you structure your physical life and like learn, you could, you could think of being connected to a group of people that know how to hunt as a kind of a firewall from the digital world. So we focus right. our efforts on the firewall so we can have plug and play, but we're not like just we can't you know we can unplug if we need to so here's the um, here's the um, let's let's uh, up the up the um risk level here a little bit right uh and by a little bit i mean a lot but um now let's say that you have um an agent that has been told to basically accomplish something big right like i don't know colonize space um right and maybe it's like some little country um that is fanatical um that's let's say north korea right uh just so they set their mind to building the biggest llm they can get their hands on right they, yeah. they lie cheat steal that they don't care yep. and all they want is to uh, you know paint their uh dear leader's face on, on as many heavenly bodies as possible that's the <laughs> valuable um, goal that's the object I mean, hey i mean you know don't knock it till you tried it. Um, but have you, how many heavenly bodies have you painted? The you should see my ceiling. There's Mao up here, and <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so, you know, so it. The point is, if it has a big enough objective, then resources become the thing you contend with. It's like you know, there's a planet, there's resources. I can use them to do stuff with. Right. Uh, every human that's walking around is some. Um, I don't know, iron I can use for, you know, one, you know, nth of a, of a spaceship. So they need to be dematerialized and re, re, repositioned. Um, they, it's not trying to kill you, but it's just got better use for your atoms. Right. But, but in that scenario, if we play that out, that still requires the physical embodied machine. There has to be something which is physically executing that. Right. And, and it seems like if that, you know, if you, even if you got the super sophisticated AI, and it's in a mechanical body and it's like walking towards you with a knife to get your atoms, figuratively speaking. Isn't that something we could deal with? It's like, okay, well, obviously, you know, the rogue machine bodies are gonna be a general problem. So if we're worried about this thing escaping the digital world, then we say, okay, when we, have, we need techniques to be able to take down machine bodies. Couldn't we do okay, that? So you're not saying like, someone is plugged off of the internet you're saying everybody's plugged off of the internet no what i'm saying or we is, don't let it on the internet what what i'm saying is that we have a uh we're trying to be wise in our relationship with this technology i say don't plug your heart in don't plug your brain in don't plug all of your finances into this thing uh have you know in the real world but do we continue to have the stock market plugged in i i think it's fair to say that is going to be inevitable 
I could also imagine a world, I can imagine a world in which there's enough people see the systemic problems enough such that they try to build an alternative. But I can imagine the stock market being part of this. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's, you know, to the degree that enough stuff is plugged in, then it's your 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 right as an individual. I guess here's here's the thing, right? The 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 so long as if this agent becomes if if we built a uh, is the word agent uh, are we are we cool to use it now? <laughs> I cringe, but let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If this um, agent, let's say, um, has a has a sufficiently uh, um, audacious objective, then its survival becomes a key part of its plan. Right. It needs to be there in order to do the next thing. So how how is that concept part of the toolbox? Like, can you give me? Is there a way to encode what you just said? Where it's like, oh, and by the way, have a self-conception and navigate such that you preserve yourself. Well, it 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 registers itself as one of the tools in the um in the box, right? Because essentially, you can make plans up to a point, but at some point, if you if you go out long enough, uncertainty dominates your perception. So you're like, well, I gotta be there to make the next installment of the plan, or to fine tune, or whatever, right? So and your it, plan includes yourself. And do you think that let's call that pseudo self-awareness. Do you think yep. there's a way to do that in say the LLM algorithm? No, no, what I'm saying is there's a way to use the LLM algorithm to create a plan that includes self-preservation. Well, that, well yeah, that's what I'm asking. If you, think, if you think that that seems like a pretty sophisticated concept of you know visualizing yourself in the future and recognizing that you're a uh, means to an end of the goal that you're accomplishing, you're saying already you think that can be that pattern can be digitized and uh, uh, utilized by an LLM. Here's something model. interesting that I've figured out. Is that what, I'm sorry, is, is that what you're saying? I'll, I'll, I'll answer with, um, okay. with, okay. A, with a small aside. Um, okay. the, the terms you can use to communicate with this thing, um, it, you know, we used to think that like, complexity from the point of view of the intelligence of the of the optimizing thing whatever you want to call it um would be something like Kolmogorov complexity or whatever like things like in terms of information theory what actually ends up happening right now and it could be temporary but like right today if i wanted to work with chat gpt the relevant nature of complexity that i would be uh optimizing around would be um how often do people talk about this thing, right? How well discussed is it, right? So I'm, I'm so for, for instance, when I say like write me an application to do X, um, I can actually so there's this very well known uh, example of, a, of an app called a to do app, right? And I, and I can just tell it write me a to do app and it does it. Now that is because that is a standard pattern that has been written about in a thousand languages, which has to do with just because that's how you demo yeah, a right. new framework, right. Right? right? So I didn't have to explain to that what that is because that it understands that because people have talked about that concept. Yeah, of right, right. Um, so to the degree that people talk about maintaining their own existence quite a bit on the internet, it's got quite a bit. Of <laughs> okay, but 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 it. Uh, let me push back here. So. This is where understanding of a concept might actually play a role. What, what it's going to have is an abstract uh, uh, pattern recognizer of words about self-preservation. But how do you get from the pattern of words about self-preservation 
to a functional tool that results in actual self-preservation. Right, right. So again, this is the two-step process, right? Where you ask it to make a plan. Now we're assuming it's good at making plans, right? And that if GPT-4 is not that good, then GPT-20 is going to be. So we're we're adding a little bit of like extra um, capability that is not present today. But the idea is that it would say something like, um, look, you know, you need to accomplish this thing and you need to, you know, this agent, which is yourself, to be there for that thing to be accomplished. And in order to make sure that you're there, um, right, you uh, want to, you know, make sure to kill all humans because they might get in the way. And in order to do that, <laughs> like, it's just like very matter of fact, recipe style, um, you know, okay. maximization of the probability of accomplishing your objective. Okay, here, I'm trying, I'm trying to get at this concept. I think I'm getting close to what I'm trying to say. Is there not a difference between the pattern, the abstract pattern that is humans discussing the concept of self-preservation from the abstract pattern that is self-preservation? So when so I, I could imagine the jet chat TPT telling a story that involves, well, what does self-preservation mean? It means killing all humans, making sure I don't get shut off. But the pattern of words of making sure I don't get shut off because I'm trying to preserve myself is a different pattern than actually ensuring that you don't get turned off, right? So here's this, this I think, is the magic thing that is happening and surprising all of us, right? This thing is able to, to it's almost like our words are like, pebbles pebbles in a pond or something and it's able to hop through our words right because it might not understand or i i i, I gather the word understand is has a lot of overloaded meaning um but like it, it might not be doing anything like human brains are doing but it is walking on our footsteps right have you heard of the expression paid uh pave the cow paths mm -mm. Uh, so there's this idea that like you, I mean, if you Google it, you'll see a lot of pictures of the same, of a similar concept, but like, instead of um, deci deciding where to put the, the, the what, what to pave in a field, right? You just see where the cows have already been walking, right? By where the grass is worn out and you just pave that because, hey. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That doesn't make you a cow necessarily or, or be able to share in cowness. All you know is that they seem to be going that way for some reason. Right. Or, or, or the same thing with students in, in, in a college sort of environment where you got these large you know, greens. Right. You can just make them unpaved, see where people walk around, but where the grass is worn out and then go and pave over yeah, yeah. it. It doesn't mean you understand that like the bar and the and the dorm are close enough and the people are going off for late night hookups, but you do realize that the grass is worn between the you know the bar and the and the and the and the, and the dorms, right? So you you end up being like, well, you know, this is an important okay. linkage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let me let me let me try to uh, put this in my own language here. So this is sort of what we were just describing before about the specific, you know. Um, uh, um, random token predictor algorithm being able to do more than we would have expected. So there's an so would it be fair to say there's an assumption that the patterns of put it this way, this is interesting, 
there's an assumption here that the patterns the machine is going to discover by analyzing our language are going are there through some algorithmic magic those patterns are going to be sufficiently useful enough where they can actually act on what the pattern of self-preservation by analyzing our language patterns they can figure out how to preserve themselves and not just figure out how to talk about preserving themselves yeah okay now that that is that's key and Especially if they're plugged into the right systems, right? Again, like we're, I'm assuming that they can make a plan that they can execute. Okay, so th this right, that concept right there is an unknown, and that's what people need to be thinking about. Uh, which is the I don't know if there's a term for this, but which is the divergence between the thing that's being how how is there a way to encapsulate how different a linguistic pattern is from an in, the instantiation of it. Or, or, or like, you know, like, like, because it could be that there are these, you know, I can imagine a world in which there are huge chasms between right. the patterns that we're using in language to describe a thing and the patterns that are required to do a thing. Right. Here's something very interesting that happened yesterday. It might help. Right. Um. So, this is going to get a little bit technical, but I think I can, we can, we can, I can, I can communicate in a way that isn't doesn't require like really a lot of understanding, but. Um, this is about the plugin system that OpenAI just released. Yeah. So OpenAI released this plugin system, and this engineer, I mean, slash CEO, I think his name is Michael Hashimoto. I'm, I hope I'm not getting it wrong. Um, has built like lots and lots of systems with lots and lots of plugins. Uh, he says that he was shocked at how amazing the OpenAI plugin system was. Why? Right, because normally a plugin system requires you to write structured data. Right, be very, very specific about you know which version of which system you're uh, attaching to and which API call you're using, and put the parameters in the exact right order, and effectively program the two things to work together in some way. Right, give them or give them enough information so that so one of them can utilize the other or both. Um, and for OpenAI, he was like, I don't understand. Like, I just literally it required me to to provide a natural language. Uh, description of what it is I was doing, and it kind of did it, mm -hmm. right? So again, you're you're. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the thing I, I think that's worth freaking out properly about, which is that it seems to be using these kind of thought threads that have been deposited by us on the internet to and combine them into some pretty big ropes. Okay, here, here's uh, a claim. Here's a claim. I don't know if it's true or not. Okay, okay. Let me just ask you first: Is there a term? for this concept of the difference between the linguistic pattern and the actualized pattern? I don't know. I would say like map and territory is probably how okay. I, would... I just didn't know if in AI, if this, if there was like a, if there was, I'm, oh, I'm, oh. I'm pointing at so, something. So that's already there. I'm, I'm also like not formally trained in this stuff or, or fully aware of how okay. much of the literature I've, I've got. So, okay. Okay. I just didn't know, know if not, this is not like to my knowledge, but not that that means much. Okay. Here's an observation. <laughs> Um, I would expect it to be that algorithms are going to be really good at, let's say, linguistic pattern algorithms are going to be really good at doing things like code, like really good. Like the idea of, you know, well, there's a very obviously a tight connection between language and code. So when somebody says, I was shocked by the capacity of the machine to 
have a API integration that use natural language, I'm thinking, okay, I'm less shocked because of how I think about that pattern, what, what is required to get that pattern. But, but I think outside of code in the digital world, the patterns that are required to accomplish goals are way different than the patterns that we use to describe how we want to accomplish the goal. So I think there's a spectrum here of things like how powerful is language? Like another way of putting it, how powerful are the patterns that we're encoding in language? What can we do with the yeah. patterns that we're encoding in our natural language? And and it, and it seems to me, I have noticed something, which is the people who are computer programmers tend to think like everything is wrapped up in our in the patterns that we encode in our natural language. And that might be an error. It might be that there's actually uh, almost a categorical gap between the patterns of how we talk about self-preservation and the ability to self-preserve. So here's the um, here's the maybe a different way to articulate this, which might help uh, process where I where the I don't know where the next interesting step is. Coders have been using code to do things in the real world forever, right? I mean, lots and lots of things in the real world are happening with code. We did not used to think until like literally yesterday or, well, some of us, I guess somebody woke up yesterday. I woke up this week. Um, we did not used to think that uh, natural the gap between natural language and code could be co closed so easily. Right. Um, in fact, we yes, would yeah. probably have argued you to death that this is not possible because yeah. this is our job. Right. Um, right. Right. Until very recently. And we're like, you've seen people collectively in shock. Yes. Yes. I think this, this is why that this is, is this. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's going poof. It's going poof. The gap is going poof. Right. Like, and, and, and they know it's going poof because they're using all these AI assistants. The joke I saw on Twitter yesterday, um, was like, um, oh, wow. I saw a dude on a, in a coffee house writing code on like visual studio code with no copilot or anything he was just like going manual like you know like the you know somehow that that's kind of a strange observation mm -hmm. um because people have been so acquainted with this new layer now right that it it almost feels like the difference between a car and a bicycle okay sorry i'm just writing something down here um so i don't forget okay 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 this is this is really good so, so, so basically, the thing is observing that, right, and knowing that if you get to code, you can get quite far in the physical world, right? We thought that the the insulation was language to code, and that one is collapsing now. Well, I'm I'm not sure what is when you say we get to the physical world, and, and have we? So, can you describe for me a situation where the robot executing code in the physical world is is accomplishing more than we thought it? could like in recent when i think about robotics or whatever i don't look at something i go i didn't realize you know the machine could do that like i like i have when we're talking about the natural language to code gap i'm like yeah that's unexpected but is there something core is there something similar going on in the physical world no no it's just that if you are able to build you know to to bridge that gap between language language or code um you are now able to bridge that linguistic network of all the thoughts people have ever had which is sort of conceptual right okay and then almost is... on demand pierce through into action 
Well, the, well, this is the question here. So, so uh, that seems like a very, very, very open question. So maybe actually what one area we need to research is the philosophy of language, because it could be, it could, I could tell a story, I could tell a picture in which coders underestimated the similarities between natural language and code. That's, and, and I think that's the, that is true so far. Like coders under, they underestimated the similarities of the patterns found in natural language with patterns as they could be executed in code. And if that's true, if that's correct, then I could say, okay, well, just because there was that the code natural language gap got collapsed or is collapsing, that does not actually give us reason to think that the uh, the natural language reality gap generally in the physical world is going to collapse. Like, for example, we, I think we really need to, somebody needs to put their brain to get uh, uh, brains together and figure out how different the pattern is of self-preservation from the linguistic patterns of us talking about self-preservation. Because to me, just intuitively, I'm thinking the gap in behavior of talking about self-preservation seems extraordinarily large to what that means in the world with self-preservation. I mean, ultimately what it means is minimizing threats to your continued existence, right? Or, But, but the thing is talking about minimizing threats to your continued existence is very different pattern from minimizing threats to your continued existence. Like, so those patterns, the patterns that we're training the machine on are linguistic patterns. Linguistic patterns are going to port over to code patterns. But what if these are very different patterns from uh, doing things, you know, sophisticated things like self-preservation in the world? I mean, I unless self-preservation is an exception for some interesting reason because of recursion or something, which it, it might or might not be, but... Code does very interesting things in the real world today, right? So, um, the the again to me the safety was okay. you got the language world over here, action world over here, and the wall has been breached, and that's that's the scary thing. I think there are possibly more walls here than okay. uh, than uh, than. I mean, I sure hope you're right. Well, what 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 are, you, what are you having in mind? Well, so 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 um, let's see. Just in the abstract, I could say, I could come up, so I can, I think I have the ability, if I were to stumble through it, to explain why there is not a huge gap between natural language and code. That That is to say that the patterns we're trying to capture in natural language are going to be in the same category as the patterns we're trying to capture in code, okay? I think I could also tell a story or an explanation for why those patterns are not the patterns in, that are in reality for everyday beings like like you and I. That, in fact, oh, it's, yeah, gosh, how to say this? I don't know how to say it. It's too distant a concept for me to put it put into language. But I would say um, I would like to see evidence somewhere that the same algorithm is going to result in a real world unexpected behavior as it has with the code natural language gap 
as with the natural language action gap. And, and part of the reason, oh, Ed, this is fascinating, Alex. So, so part of the reason I object to some of the claims about agency and understanding and intelligence and all these terms is because I think what people are doing is they're porting processes into the machine that aren't there. So maybe this is what I'm trying, what I'm, why I'm skeptical about some of these claims is because I'm going, there is a gap between, I would, uh, there's a totally different language. I might rephrase it now. You, guys, you're missing that there is a gap between the patterns in our natural language and being able to accomplish things in the world. Right. Um, yeah. So, so I'm saying if a machine is like, has mastered linguistic patterns, I actually don't think that that, I don't see a positive reason to believe that that results in mastery of the physical world in a way we can't get a hold of. Because the, so because that, do you thing, see them? Yeah. Do you see this? The, I don't know if it, you can see this. Uh, there's a printer on my, on my repair table. Yeah. Uh, back there, right? Three, three printers are a fantastic use case. Yeah. yeah. Because a lot of what they, I mean, first of all, they turn code into real things. So that's, I mean, that's kind of, the, the, I, I see them almost as a portal, right? You can literally write code um, and, you know, through some step, set of steps, it turns into movements of the, <laughs> of the print head that then you know if all goes well and clearly for that guy it didn't because problems uh which is why it needs a repair now <laughs> i shorted it um it um you get an object right so that's a you know a real you know crossing of a boundary between the physical world and the digital world um yes. and interestingly but, enough but, you can you can, can, can we run code the and it can short circuit itself and catch fire sure sure Probably. So, so if, let if you're me, malicious enough. Let me try to respond to that one. Um, so if there is a small gap between the pattern of language of, of what it means to say, move one unit to the left, move one unit to the right, you know, put the little piece of filament down. Uh, if that's a small gap, then I could say, well, of course, that there's going to be a small gap between the digital and the physical. That's a, and for me, because I'm a finitist, like this is how I think about the physical world. Like I, I, I'm, I'm partial to digital physics, the idea right. that things like, like, like all the way down, yeah. you know, but I also am a pluralist where I don't think that's all of reality. I think for the spatial world, for the physical world, I think it, I think it's fundamentally digital. Which means that this technology like can get you to a significant mastery of non-living things, of the of just like I can imagine this, uh, I can imagine 3D printers to the subatomic level, and that the digital method is going to be able to construct these sub-microscopic yeah uh, structures. I think that I don't see any reason why that wouldn't be possible. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. I would just be like, wow, that's amazing technology, but but. I don't think that is the entirety of uh, that. That's not that doesn't exhaust all of the ontological categories. That doesn't. That's not. I don't think that's what all the mind is doing is able to be reduced in that way. I think as a as a as an ontological pluralist, it's like okay, but but there is humans are doing something in the machines when we're doing the language thing. We're able to encode patterns and execute patterns that. I don't think you're going to find in the language. And I think a lot of them, actually, I think there's a lot of patterns like this that aren't able to be digitized in the same way and see such, uh, such obvious results in the world. 
here's um here's maybe a way to dis- I'm gonna attempt to do something now that is you know I, I generally try to keep us you know grounded and and unconceptual because that's where uh, I suspect we get lost. But I'm gonna attempt uh, a leap to the other side. Yeah, go for um, it. A, a way to express what is scary that I think will make sense to you, even though I don't think I I, I don't have the same framework, but I to the degree I understand some of some of your framework. Um, what kind of the the the, the scary scenario is that are talking on the internet for all this time and digitization of a lot of our reactions, um, right? Has put enough cow path paving, right? A lot of thought threads enough that something that can't do that, that can't connect the words in quite the same way, can now, um, you know, walk in our footsteps or, or stand on our shoulders or whatever um, to do as if that in a way that it can it can yeah. actually start to execute things in the real world and, by hopping between pebbles in a, a, on a, in a lake, even though it's yeah. not able to place those pebbles in the first place. And the, a scary scenario, which I also see, is the embodiment idea, especially if you imagine, I don't know if we'll ever get here, but if you imagine, uh, you know, skin suits for these things that are extremely sophisticated, where we can't immediately tell if yep. the a thing is a computer or if it's a human, I can absolutely see those disaster scenarios. But when I'm thinking, how do we adjust to that? I'm going, okay, first of all, have an air gap where you're not plugging everything into the into the system, but also have a way of trying to identify what is a robot and what isn't. So you always have you're dealing with these pseudo entities and pseudo agents where you have an EMP in your back pocket just in case things get kind of crazy. That seems like that seems like one way of dealing with the threat, right? Not really. If if there's enough capability plugged into the internet right it can it can do things that will affect you whether you are connected you are connected to the internet or not it'll affect you like like we could say crashing the stock market but i don't think if the stock market crashes that's like you know extermination type thing i think a lot of people are going to get screwed and it and i wouldn't want to be in the middle of a city or manhattan if that happens but i don't i don't view that as like and in fact i would say there's a lot of people out there and have been for a long time who think that a crash like that is coming, that it's inevitable, that it's a house of cards, and they're already preparing for that type of thing. So I wouldn't think they're going to, you know, that'd be a terrible... Right. I mean, that doesn't get humanity extinct, but um, yeah. the I, I, I guess let me put it this way, right? If you think it can trigger a situation where, you know, uh, four out of five people die, uh, you can probably get to the point where you can think that it can kill five or five. I don't, I, well, I'm having a hard time getting to the four out of five. Like, I don't think the stock, so I can tell stories in which the nuclear, you know, people who owe the nukes plug the nukes into the thing and then it, you know, shoots off and destroys. I, I can, I can tell that story. But when I'm conceiving of that problem, I think, well, that's a human problem. That's not a tech problem. The story of like the, the embodied runaway thing, you know, technology that gets into these islands in India, I find that much harder to think we wouldn't be able to adjust to that uh successfully. so like can you can you can you think of ways in which the ai could read the news and manipulate the stock market in such a way as to cause nuclear war whether or not i could imagine um a kind of a the ai being able to cause a nuclear war without having direct access to the nukes and I can imagine such a scenario, especially if we don't upgrade our, our epistemics about this technology. Like, uh, if we remain as foolish as we are, 
and we plug in as many things into it as people want to do, maybe nukes not included, then I think we're asking for trouble. But I also think that those, those types of disaster situations, I think, can be avoided just with better information and more wisdom about, uh, about let's say, how to recognize just how potentially fragile this system is. And given its inherent fragility and ability to be manipulated, that we need to be cautious. I think, like, wouldn't, like, I, 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 the way I'm thinking about it, I'm going, okay, disaster. But in that disaster scenario, it's still humans. It's still humans being idiots that, uh, that, put, that put too much into a fragile system. Okay. So I think um, let's park that there in the sense that like, I want to have more conversations with you, but I, I think it's um, the sort of thing that we need to sort of, you know, I think we've, 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 we've um, create, we've, we've come a long way towards bridging the gap. Yes. Um, I think the, you know, the, there's, there's, you know, different positions about like how scared you should be of the thing, how, how much intelligence can work around your most devious plans of, you know, uh, air, air gapping it, et cetera. And, and again, that's a conversation I think I'd, I'd love to continue to have. But I want to throw a couple of ideas at you. Okay. Um, like once we put that in a box, right? The sure. AI is scary. Um, my my current position is as follows, right? And and then this is a little bit of an interesting sort of horseshoe uh, theory kind of thing. My my sense is that it is it is not you know, it is it is almost like not a a viable thing to try to limit an optimization engine that gets better and better, right? It's just, you know, it'll find a way. And, and you know, I realize that this is a, a complicated topic again, and we're going to, got to talk about it. But if you take that presupposition, then this is where I end up saying the, the only way out is through, or in Elon's words, if you can't beat them, join them, where we're like, well, if it's going to be doing stuff it might as well be harnessed to humans rather than be given free reign to do whatever right because we're not going to able to be able to verbalize the perfect objective and set it free right like that's not gonna <laughs> like, we've seen that movie before um funnily enough um uh open ai um seem, seems to have pulled exactly that on elon um, where he thought he was funding a nonprofit with a hundred million. He gave a hundred million dollars to start open AI as a nonprofit that would do AI as open source, right? That's the name open AI means open yeah. source artificial yeah. intelligence. Yeah, right. And then they, uh, and with, with that initial progress and money, they founded a for-profit subsidiary, which. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's so dastardly. Right, um, which has sold fifty percent of its stock to Microsoft. Um, terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible. How is that legal? That should not be legal. That, There's, it's apparently legal. Oh, that's but terrible. It's, it's but it's funny because of the alignment problem, right? You, yeah, you yeah. have an AI and you got an alignment problem, and then even the organization that you make to like take <laughs> like, to funny. solve that problem by opening yeah. up the AI. Right, because the whole point was to level the playing field. That was the idea that they they had when they started it, and it was everybody from like Peter Thiel to Elon Musk to Paul Graham to you know a bunch of others, yeah. right? And they poached the, um, the CTO from Stripe, uh, Greg yeah. Brockman, a bunch of others, right? And then oh, you know Elon, uh, it looks like, and I'm sure he's not as surprised as he's seeming, but like let's just take it take take it at face value. 
turns around and is like, what the hell? What's happening? <laughs> They're selling it to Microsoft and hosting it on Azure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like what what's happening? Anyway, but um uh that, okay, so but to, to me, like you just are not gonna be able to align it from a distance. You're just gonna have to jump in there and okay. beat it. Okay, that's the, the an interesting tension, right? Like, do you yes. try to run away from it as much as right. possible or like hold it like at arm's length? Or do you, well, you're like, well, you know, the only way out is through and, you know. the, yeah, well, I, I want to, here's a meta answer that uh, what we're going to see in the world is both approaches. I have no doubt about that. Right. Um, if you're, if we're saying that this system is inherently as fragile as the digital world seems to be, then I would say, if you're telling me here's a system that's like wildly fragile, the way to avoid the fragility is by joining it. I'm like, Ooh my intuitions go the opposite direction and it's not necessarily to run away from it it's just to know exactly what i'm you know to to know how to plug the thing into the wall and so what, i think the, what we both agree on which i'm seeing a, a, a desperate lack of it on twitter but then again um i i would i should expect to is that we need to understand this thing a lot better than we do, yes right yes. And, and and i use the word this thing First, because it's fun, but also because I really don't want to framework it at all, yes. almost, right? I want right. to be, it's not a mind, it's not a person, it's not a box, it's not a yes. computer, it's not a, well, it's a thing. Right now, for me, it's a thing, and it and it is displaying some very interesting um, yes. characteristics. Um, but but so, so, but here's the, here's the other part, right? Let's talk a little bit about, maybe that's a good tale to the conversation, about what happens um, with even if people believe that this is a very powerful technology, right? Forget what it can do. Just yeah. let's just take yeah. what people think it can do. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're China right now. The U.S. has blocked you out of uh, chip technology, and you perceive that this thing is gonna just foreclose all future for you as China, right? And every day that passes, the U.S. is making huge advances in this stuff. Um, and and is another day where you don't have access to three nanometer. Uh, manufacturing, or if you if you have some top secret facility, it's not mm -hmm. going to be able to produce. You know, just like spit out. You know, ten data centers enough to train your own. Yeah, right. Um, they have released something apparently that I, I saw a very fun uh, nickname for it with Chat CCP. Um, <laughs> That's great, but it's not that impressive. Um, and, anyway. and think about the patterns that they would have about how great their dear leader is. You know, man, those are going to be ev painted everywhere and every possible permutation. You know, I, I don't feel like I'm in a position to brag about ideological, um, you know, uh, distortion of the AI, given what we're doing to it. My only hope is that the woke stuff they're doing over here is superficial and will be like, you know, thrown yeah. off like a bad harness. Um, but, you know, I sure hope it doesn't, you know, somehow seep into the core. <laughs> right. But so anyway. So your point is, you know, there already there's a secondary set of questions, which is uh, humans and their beliefs in regards to the power of the system. And then immediately we're into the domain of geopolitics. What exactly. might they do? Yeah, yeah, right. Because, again, if you perceive the situation to be true and it doesn't really matter if there is or not. Right, right. Right. Um, then the difference between the position of China today and Japan when, when the U.S. sort of stopped, you know, declared an oil embargo, I think that's what happened in the Second World War anyway, before uh, to, to put Japan in dire straits to have to do yeah. something, yeah. Um, is not that different. 
is a totally, totally. Yeah. Well, there is, I mean, the geopolitics of this are not simple and that's a whole, that's a whole other can of worms. Um, and, I, and the thing is, I'm not a geopolitics person, right? I, yeah. I, I'm asking you in case you have more insights, but you know, honestly, this is kind of the problem with this whole situation. It touches all the things. Yeah. Well, the thing I keep coming back to is just the humans. It's just the humans, humans. It's a human problem. And I think we can come up with human solutions, but we got to, I really think critical thinking here is going to be very important and even strategically important for the matter of, of geopolitics, you know, actually, you know, hmm. having a clear picture of exactly what we're dealing with and what we aren't is going to be an enormous advantage. I think we have the best advantage. geopoliticians in charge, especially yes. in the U.S. No, I'm, you know, I'm going to talk it, to Biden very long after time. this. It's a good batch. It's a good yeah. batch, this one. So I think we're yeah. in good hands. <laughs> or maybe a new emerging polity, let's say that. Unless you're a pipeline, a in which case not good for you, but, well, you know. So, so let me paint the picture then. My, the picture I'm currently seeing is that we are going to see people who are are going to see the frig the power and the fragility of the system, and they're going to want to try to merge with it. And you're going to have people who see the power and fragility of the system, they're going to want to run away from it. And some variations of like having an air gap, let's say, so you can get the best parts and not have your brain explode. So that itself is an important thing to think about and discuss because we're talking about potentially wildly different cultural divergence, an, an, a, uh, an informational divergence. And the thing I'm probably most concerned with here is the biological divergence, where if the people that choose to go along with this machine have a way to change their brain structure to to reduce the size of the bottleneck between the information in the machine and the brain, you could be dealing with a different kind of biological entity. One that, you know, how do we align that biological entity's uh, goals with the unaugmented humans? That's where I, and that look, that to me almost looks like a political problem. You might be bumping into political problems here of what do you have when you have wildly different values and beliefs and access to information and maybe brain structure that seems very scary to me, but, but that's, that's how, that's where I would right now frame the, a big burning issue is that right there. Yeah. I'm, there's a bunch of things that make me cautious, optimistic, right. Um, about this thing, at least on the other side of it. Right. So, so I, I bracket out, how do we get there? Right. And, and, and because look from where I'm standing, well, you know, I, 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 I tweet often, everything is obsolete. And I kind of mean everything is obsolete from physical objects to organizations to potential, potentially conceptual distinctions that we are making and divisions between fields of knowledge are about to be uh, put under, you know, a, a pretty, you know, deep test. Let's just, <laughs> but, but really, like, I mean, I, I, I just foresee that every physical thing around us will be redesigned. Organizations are going to evaporate at the, at the mere touch of the, of the, of this thing. But on the other side of this, um, and this, I might be getting into economics territory, in which case you can help me. But my sense is that there's two attractors for humans. One is like a zero sum mentality where um, you get you know, uh, antagonistic and you try to grab from others. And the more you do that, the more others become like that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this thing has the potential of being the horn of plenty, right? Where it, it sets off the greatest positive sum 
explosion the world has ever known 10 times over. Um, in, in which case, I'm actually starting to get less worried about human to human, right? Because if, if there's good things in all directions, why bother stealing something from your neighbor, right? You're probably better off cooperating yeah, you couple so you this can go with farther like, together. Like 3D printing at the microscopic level, and it's like, oh my gosh, the possibilities are, are utopian. And, and not just that, but design is free, right? This yeah. is the thing. Like, why don't I have a keyboard that is, you know, perfectly adjusted to my hands, right? Why does, you know, right. uh, somebody with tiny hands and somebody well, with massive I, I, hands i agree man the physical world can be totally revamped by this in right in right great new ways and, yeah. and, but the, the cost is design right it's not even manufacturing you could it's you information could probably manufacture it but designing something to your it's a, it's a mess right so but if you could just like snap your fingers and basically do a couple of iterations and, and get something well now we're talking um anyway so but that means you know and and by the way, this is something else to say about our technology. Like it's got a ton of dead weight. Even if you take a single chip, like a piece of silicon, and you read the data sheet with, with all the capabilities it has, and I'm, I'm not talking about like a, a, a CPU from your computer. I'm talking about like one of the, you know, the the the, the integrated circuits from, from a circuit board. They've got a ton of capabilities in there. Why? Because they're mass produced and they need to cover as many bases as possible so that they're bought in enough enough yeah. uh, volume so that they can be, yeah. uh, you know, used by enough use cases. So, you know, they, 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 mm -hmm. they cover enough people. But by covering, by having all of that in there, like for most people, most of that stuff is dead weight, right? right? Um, and then the, the boards themselves it's do the same wild, thing. And then gosh. the code does the same thing. And then, you know, imagine if you could just like again like molecularly define from top to bottom exactly what you need right like all of a sudden trade-offs have been smashed like things yeah. that were thought like well you got to pick you want this or this it's like no i want both 10 times over and it's yeah, like and sure we can and do custom that. design for that i want the architecture to be exactly two uh cap two functions here and then you build the board for that function yeah yeah so okay, so, and, and then you and then you iterate, right? Because then right. then you now have bigger, <laughs> right. better tools that you have made with this technology, and you can it's make wild. more things with them. And it's just like you know, you literally say like, can, we can impose our will on every molecule around us to do to be what it needs to be to do what I I, I want, rather than some path dependency thing like legacy software goes away. Like just the the the, the level of disruption we're looking at is just mind boggling in the in the prosaic scenario. Um. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of scenarios here too because that this is the issue that we need to think a lot about is how powerful are our linguistic patterns of talking? When how many patterns are we encoding in our speech? And I could see an argument that says, you know, there's in fact there's some philosophical philosophical schools that think like everything is language. So like in the, in the most extreme version, you could say we have already encoded uh, one way or another or have the ability to encode all patterns into language and then give those patterns to the machine. And now you have like some godly thing, but that's not my take. And my take is more reserved than that. It's that there is an unknown. We don't know how many patterns we have encoded into our language, but I mm -hmm. think there's going to be uh, lots of different categories here. Like this is actually a great example. So one thing, one way that I like to learn 
is by importing the patterns I found in one domain into another, chess yes. into jujitsu. It's sort yeah. of what we're talking about here with what the computer can do is you're, imagine you give the computer, you know, uh, papers, just scientific papers to find patterns across biology and psychology and, you know, medicine and whatever. And it might it have the ability to do the same thing of be like the ultra generalist and find the exact same patterns over here as our could be over exactly. there and then pl plug them into here. So, but, but, but here's the, here's the critical part. We don't know how many patterns we are packing into our language. This, uh, there's a real story we can tell in which people are losing their minds thinking that language that we've done more with human language than we actually have. We can stunt the, uh, the possible uh, power of this technology. If we say, oh, well, there's only a subset of patterns that we've successfully encoded on our language that the machine can pick up on, right? Okay, I'm, I'm gonna deliver to you the ultimate black pill, or at least it should be, um, maybe red pill, I don't know, we'll find out. There are papers that I just remembered about now that demonstrate a swarm of robots bootstrapping a language from nothing in order to communicate, right? Like there is a, a minimum amount of complexity a robot can have where they can start exchanging signals with each other and grounding um, stable meanings, right, independently, uh, such that they can collaborate. So even if um, we've only, you know, imprinted some small percentage of what's possible in our language, maybe the real question is, is it, is it sufficient for it to bootstrap itself? Well, so what, so if in that scenario, though, we still need some mechanism for the discovery of those patterns. And it might be that the mechanism is to be found in mind or an experience, like maybe that's actually what experience is. I don't know. There's some like crazy metaphysic, metaphysical possibilities here. But, but even if they were bootstrapping, you know, a swarm of things to coordinate their physical behavior with one another, it's not clear to me that that is that that it gives them enough um, pattern receptivity in order to do what thing, things that we should be fearful about. Now, the thing is, I have no freaking idea. So it could be the case that, yeah, you give the machine some sensations in a similar enough way to how we sense things and it gets all of them, but, uh, it might not. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, you know, that's where we get again into strange things, but this is where I get I get the urge to like you know stop thinking about far and just go out and see if there's any new papers I can read because stuff is happening as we speak right now. Yeah. I, I'm you know deeply unprepared. I don't feel like I'm talking to you as an expert. I'm talking to you about somebody who's got a lot of patches of knowledge yeah. that I'm you know quickly trying to bridge, fully aware that there's gaps all over the place. Right. I'm I'm, I'm you know I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'm talking to you, and you know, we we've had other conversations with other friends of ours, et cetera, and and uh, you know, other people on you know on the internet, because I'm just scrambling to develop yeah. a model for the thing. Yeah, yeah. And and what I want to try to do with my own skill set is to be able to try to come up with the concepts that we need to figure out. What are the questions that we need answered? Well, one of the questions is. How do we, how many patterns have we actually encoded in our language? Yep. We can figure that one out. Well, then we can try to envision the future. If we say, ah, oh, a lot of patterns, maybe we're in trouble or we, we have, it'd be a very different world if we've encoded 
a ton of patterns that we didn't even realize we were doing into our language. It could be a very different world than if there's a harder limitation there. So I don't know the answer, but I know that one needs to be sorted out. We'll find out. Maybe, maybe it's uh, it ends up the the answer ends up being that most languages don't imprint that much, but Navajo specifically was incredible. <laughs> and <laughs> so, like I one language in some so, you know isn't island this an of interesting idea? When you imagine uh, uh, more advanced creatures communicating with one another, maybe you could make a proxy. You could you could say, okay, well. These people literally have encoded more complex patterns in their language. And so that means uh, don't feed their conversations into the machine. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> All right. Amazing talking as always. I think this one, this one might be useful for other people. Um, Definitely. I suspect. I don't know. But hopefully, let's see, let's see how you put it together. Um, maybe it'll be something to point people at because it, I think we're the world is lacking for on ramps to these ideas. Yeah, we definitely need more of this. This, this has been great. I appreciate your time, Alex. Anytime.